0: listeners to Season 4, Episode 16 of Drinking and Screaming, a queer and feminist podcast about horror movies and cocktails. I'm Char, and my pronouns are she, her.
1: And I'm Kelly, and my pronouns are they, them.
0: And this episode, we're joined by the creator of The Real Deal. Oh, I Hello, you were going to say everybody. creator of me. <laughs> no, <laughs> The Real Deal. Famous on the show. Which is even more important. <laughs> <laughs> Hello again, my name is uh, Colleen. I am Kelly's mom, and my pronouns are she, her. This week we are watching the brand new Netflix haunted house flick, Things Heard and Seen from 2021. But first, we have an inspired cocktail creation that we made to match the mood and themes of the movie. So we made this drink to be as interesting and confusing as the movie itself. <laughs> This episode will contain discussion on eating disorders, misogyny, domestic abuse, gaslighting, and homophobia. That's a long list. If any of these are something that you need to not hear about today, feel free to skip this
1: episode and we'll see you next time. I also want to say right now that all three of us are recording in the same space. So if there's any sort of like audio weirdness, that's the reason why.
2: Woohoo!
1: Please three don't blame microphones. me.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> so glad you two are in my bubble.
2: <laughs>
0: it's so hot in here.
3: Well, it's an awesome intro to the fact that this drink uh, is fresh out of the blender. So <laughs> I was in charge of creating the drink this week. And so I named it conflicted uh, so just like the movie's confliction on what genre it wants to be uh this cocktail questions am i a drink am i a dessert
0: am i a breakfast condiment for your toast <laughs> i've had my first sip and oh boy it is good it is
1: uh <laughs> it's quite a little good. grainy yeah i'm like is it the
0: peanut butter
1: i think so. I, I was thinking either that or the ice All Um, right,
3: so you definitely, definitely clued in on the uh, secret ingredient, which is (laughs) definitely peanut butter. I mean, it's pretty strong. (laughs) Well, I know that you two always uh, make fun of the fact that the only drink that I really enjoy is uh, Kahlua and Cream. So this has definitely got Kahlua and Cream in it, but um, it also has peanut butter and a few other little secret ingredients that uh, people will have to become a patron mm-hmm. to find out what it is. Mm-hmm.
1: Patreon.com slash Drink and Scream. I like it. It's it dessert. This reminds me of uh, a 24-hour diner that we used to go to in Vancouver. Had boozy shakes, and one of them was uh, boozy peanut butter. And it mm-hmm. was very good. Mm-hmm.
0: I love how cold it is because I am not shitting you guys when I tell you how hot it is in this room. (laughs) Well, besides the fact that you like how cold it is, what do you think of the drink itself? It's very, very dangerous because (laughs) you cannot taste how strong it is at all. It's very sweet. It's very... Yeah, desserty. I think you hit the nail on the head with your description.
3: Awesome. Well, I uh, I definitely consider myself uh, your greatest fan. <laughs> and uh, so I was so nervous about coming on the show today that I haven't eaten anything. So I'm going to be hammered <laughs> by the time it's over. It's okay. This is
1: basically food. You said it was a breakfast meal.
3: Yeah.
0: Breakfast for drink, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> so this week we watched Things Heard and Seen, which premiered on Netflix on April 29th, 2021. It's directed and written by Sherry Springer-Berman and Robert Pultini, and based on the novel All Things Cease to Appear by Elizabeth Brundage. Storing Amanda Seyfried as troubled wife with a connection to the spirit realm, Catherine Clare, James Norton as the lying and manipulating cishet white guy, awful husband, George Clare, Natalia Dyer as confident equine trainer who gets hers, Willis, and Rhea Seahorn as ballsy professor and Catherine's confidant, Justine. This synopsis was written by Nick Reganis on IMDb. Thank you, Nick. With the promise of turning the page, George Clare, a handsome, self-centered academic, talks his wife, Catherine, an experienced art restorer, into putting her successful career on hold so that he can teach art history at Saginaw College. However, after moving from 1980s Manhattan to the Verdant town of Chosen, New York, a shaky, fresh start awaits Catherine and their five-year-old daughter, Franny, as the already challenging task of restoring their gloomy 18th century new home is paired with the discovery of foreboding remnants left behind by the previous owners. Now, little by little, a corrosive undercurrent of malaise gets in the way of happiness, and Catherine finds herself trapped in her own home. But she knows that sometimes her mind can play cruel tricks on her. Is death only the beginning?
3: Well, I'm not as eloquent as Nick here, but uh, (laughs) I will carry on this synopsis, uh, which I wrote myself. Thank you. It doesn't help that hubby doesn't believe anything Catherine or Franny tell him about the supernatural goings on in the home and becomes or has always been a real dick. George lies start to unravel, forcing him to start killing those that can and want to destroy him. Women start banning together, even if they are actually dead. Go ghost women. <laughs> but
2: eventually,
3: George goes all Jack Nicholson on his wife with an axe and then sails himself off into hell.
0: Literally. <laughs> Hit me with that trailer audio. I'm new in town and I would love to learn more about the older homes in the area. I don't know anybody up here.
2: Well, you do now.
1: My wife doesn't know what happened here. I think it would be better if
2: we kept it that way.
3: I'm starting to see things.
0: And I'm scared to tell George about it. What do you want? All right, Colleen, what did you think?
3: of that trailer? Um, I think that that trailer kind of portrayed what uh, the whole theme of the movie, like it basically showed all the scary parts and it was kind of long. Yeah. You know, it gave it a really long feel, which I felt watching the movie, Mm. anticipating something, but never really getting that satisfaction.
0: Yeah. For me, I, well, I put Things Heard and Seen on the poll because I had seen this trailer when it first came out. And I thought, oh, this seems interesting. And then I saw Natalia Dyer and I was like, yeah, <laughs> I want to watch that movie because I love her uh, from Stranger Things. And um, I feel like it did a good job of selling a haunted house story. And say, it made it seem like they were happier at the start than they really were. Yeah.
1: <laughs> It almost made it seem like a Jane Austen novel, with all the like romance and intrigue and violence, mm. but also out in the country with horses and shit like that. Yeah, as I assume that's what Jane Austen novels are about. I've never actually read one before, but I've heard people make that reference before. So definitely going to do that.
0: It's about men hating women and yeah. Oh yeah, I did
3: it. <laughs> I read True Life Crime, which is basically the same thing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I think there's just more country in Jane Austen novels. Um, But it
3: almost gave you the impression that a lot more was going to happen. And then you sit down to watch it and nothing ever really does. Yeah. It did
1: spoil stuff like her cheating on her husband and like him cheating on his wife and stuff like that. And Mm -hmm. people that got together, which was a big plot point in the movie. But I guess it's like it's trying to sell it almost like as a romantic thriller. But then there are ghosts in it.
0: And it's so quick. Like, those flashes, I f- and they're all white people. There's so many white people in this movie. <laughs> Just kind of
1: blurs together. Yeah, th-
0: th- can you really distinguish them?
1: <laughs> I'm pretty sure the only time that there are non-white people is when they go to New York. Other than that, everybody in the country is w- extremely white.
0: Uh, yeah. So, Kelly, do you want to jump in with your thoughts?
1: Sure. So, th- this movie really does the thing that uh, Crimson Peak set up, which is it's a romance with ghosts but in this case it's a thriller with ghosts Mm -hmm. but i don't understand the logic of the ghosts like the internal logic in the movie itself i don't really know why ella who was the last ghost was presented as like a static tv image there was no real setup of like oh she really liked tv or like oh the ghosts are actually we're summoning them through some sort of Internal static projection or anything like that.
0: I thought it was kind of like they showed the ghosts like all of them through various means like there was a few of those like light Like a shadow but like light instead of darkness that would like move across the
1: room, which I really want to know if that's a thing that people i guess like people
0: i've heard of that yeah
1: who claim that they've seen ghosts have seen like lights shining across their home which hey y'all if you have reflective Cars. things in your house
2: <laughs> and like a light shines through or like Mirror. a car
1: drives by you know um but then also like it's shown that the ghosts affect the electronics in the house but like i don't know why
3: i mm-hmm. think it's because that's the way of communicating that's I, their way of communicating I
1: guess, but then they can also communicate through weird CGI floating cloth when they're doing a séance. But
0: that's to get the people to do the séance.
1: Oh, I see. The séance was so
0: lame. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm it, sorry. It felt very like Midsommar. I wanted
0: stuff. it longer. I guess because it didn't. It not enough happened in it. Oh, I wanted something better. For real. The, like, cloth thing that you pointed out was kind of weird.
1: I really thought those people were going to be evil. So I th-
0: did I!
3: I thought they
1: were, like, helping her summon the evil into her home.
0: Yeah. I have this in one of
3: my points. Exactly. is like I thought when they were having the seance that they were going to invite, uh, like, the devil in. And then I thought that it was just the whole movie was just going to go batshit crazy. And then it just didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it f- the cloth fell on the floor and they all went on with their night.
1: Yeah. So I'd, like... I don't know, the logic of the ghosts were kind of all over the place. And then it was like,
2: mm-hmm. it was
1: spiritual, but then when was also religious, but then it was also like new age, but then it was also electronic. And then it was also like the sins of the husband. And I don't, uh, I don't know. It was just really hard to believe the ghosts, which like. It's a good thing that they weren't the main focus. The main focus was the relationship of the, of uh, George and Catherine. Catherine. Um, oh, this drink is so good.
3: <laughs> it is really good. I'm almost done already. I think I just had a teaspoon of the peanut butter <laughs> all in one gulp.
1: But like, I also don't understand why it was only Ella. It, we knew that so many other wives had died in that house, but I guess it's like this is the most recent ghost and Ella's kind of connecting with what's happening to Catherine, maybe? I think that the the spiritual ones that we didn't see the
0: forms of could have been the other women. Mm. And we know that the male ghost was also still there and, like, stifling her and taking over George's body and making him, like, axe his wife and stuff.
1: He kind of just took on the form of cloud. Dark cloud.
0: (laughs) But was it even, like...
3: Did he honestly, like, was there a moment when you absolutely knew that that evil man ghost actually penetrated George's body, like took over George's body? I just thought he was a, a dick, like I said. Yeah. I don't think
0: he took over, but I do when he was like standing over his wife when he had sedated her and he was like, want oh, he was whispering. Do it. But yeah. then, yeah, the ghost yeah.
3: was, yeah. It was whispering. It's it didn't of- take much convincing, <laughs> I'll tell you that. Yes, totally. <laughs>
1: It is kind of like, was it just his darkness or was... Cause, I mean, even like a, a douchebag might be conflicted when he gets to the final point of axing his wife, but who knows? Ghosts are involved, so it's fine. Anyways, that was my first point. This movie has absolutely zero faith in the viewers. I'm getting the
0: feeling, audience, that I'm the only one that enjoyed this film. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I did like
1: it. I, I'll, I'll, I'll prefix this point then by saying that I did enjoy the movie. It was a uh, nonstop thrill ride. <laughs> <laughs> was um, it? <laughs> it was... Uh,
3: Welcome it, to the real deal. Had, no, there wasn't.
2: It
1: had story and there was stuff that happened that I enjoyed watching. But, again, it had zero... Faith in the viewers whatsoever. The amount of times that they foreshadowed something only to like continuously restate, like, "Do you get it? See, mm-hmm. do mm-hmm. you get it?" Yeah. Um, for example, when Eddie is like chopping the wood, which a my favorite sh- scene <laughs> in any movie.
0: Chop that wood.
3: The Definitely a nod scene,
1: to Amityville for sure. I mean, uh, Catherine, Catherine and George, mm-hmm. little uh, same names. Yeah, little nod to. Amityville, I guess? I don't know. But uh, also, there was someone named Bram, which I thought was Bram Stoker. Mm. And then the wife's name was Mare, and Mare is a type of ghost. So I was like, oh my God, there's so many horror movie references in this movie.
0: I thought it was just a a horse. (laughs) 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 I was like, who calls their daughter Mare?
1: Also might be that. Uh, I also only know that Mare is a ghost because of phasmophobia.
0: (laughs) Yes, we have to play that again.
1: Hell yeah. So... Back to my point.
0: Yes, sorry, sidetrack. The,
1: the example in question is Eddie chops the wood. Mm-hmm. Uh, Franny goes chop 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 chop. <laughs> um, we see George killing Catherine. Why do I keep calling her Catherine?
3: I don't know. Cause we- you're drunk on my drink. Yeah, maybe.
1: <laughs> I also haven't eaten. Uh, we see George killing Catherine with the axe, and then we get so many shots of the axe, and then the cop comes in and be like, "Hey, George, isn't that <laughs> your axe? And it's like, "Yes." we get it. The ax was his and he used, but we also know that Eddie's. And then later they're like, there's fingerprints, the husband's obviously, cause he lives there, but then also Eddie's fingerprints. And you're like, Whoa. Oh, okay, I get it. <laughs> um, And then the, the countless shots at the end of the two ghost women together, mm-hmm. just all over the place in the window. <laughs> we see the ring over and over again. We see the various ghost images of them. We have the flashback of uh, the woman, in the coma, just seeing all of the stuff that we just saw moments ago and then with voiceover saying, the two women's spirits are with you now. We're bonded forever. Two women bonded over being dead oh, by our husbands, by the way. We're dead now. Remember, spirits, two of them, connected. Here's the ring that I was wearing. By the way, all the women have been wearing this ring. Two of us, two women, spirits.
0: But then they killed the husband. They sent him off to hell. Oh, don't be. He, sen- he sent him off. He sent himself
3: off. That is
1: not... None of my points are about that scene. I, I think my mom has something about that. Oy. But uh, oh it's also God. funny that after that much lack of faith in the viewers, I'm still fucking confused about what the ghosts do. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> um. Anyways, great
0: movie. Torn to shreds. Great movie.
1: Mom, why don't you give us the re? Wait the... Chugga 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 it chugga sounds like a train. Chugga 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 chugga. It's supposed to be pa- the real, like a... a I know what real. it's supposed to be. <laughs> the real deal.
3: All right. Well, okay. So besides the occasional jump scare, and I will say that I did have a Kelly Thomas Allen Wright moment because that's what I say when... Um, they had me sit down to watch a show that it is so freaking scary that I just want to kill myself.
0: (laughs) And then I had to remind her that she chose this movie because there was a tie between this one and... Was and else? Brightburn, yeah, um, Brightburn, and then she really wanted to do it, and then it ended up being a tie again after Brightburn had caught the lead. So we had to do this well, one.
3: Well, that's because I, uh, like you, the actors really sucked me into this movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they did their job totally. But yeah, there was that that very first scare where it was like, oh yeah, this is going to be awesome, and then and then it just kind of. Sure, it was like, it was a movie where you were constantly going, what the hell? And then they would throw something else in and you'd be like, what? So it's like, but it had so much potential to be even more. Um, It was confusing. (laughs) (laughs) It was very confusing. Um, There were so many opportunities that I feel that were missed because they were trying. It was like they were trying too hard to figure out what genre they wanted to be. Like they even included some comedy in there. I know that I laughed mm. at one scene. It was, I mean, he, he just kept saying some funny crap,
2: but yeah,
0: <laughs> I can't remember it right now. <laughs> but that works with you, the drink you made. I mean, I love this drink and it had so many different genres to it too. Yeah, but I think my drink is better. <laughs> 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 like seriously, I really
3: wanted the two brothers who used to live in that house. Like, why were they even there? I wanted them to be ghosts.
1: Like Ooh. I seriously
3: wanted them to be evil, evil ghosts, <laughs> and <laughs> like because I have no idea what about that house was still drawing them in, right? And then, like I said, the why seance, did they go back? because yeah, like, it was why
1: their family home. Because their parents died there, and they're like, I want, I don't want to see this house go into disarray.
0: I guess. How much do you think they got paid? Do you think they were paid well?
1: Uh, I mean, Eddie was paid well, if you know what I mean. Wait, wait. Quink, quink, With a little bit of
3: sex. I'm gonna say it. Also there was some boning.
1: <laughs> also, the, uh, Cole Kale also had two jobs. He was the groundskeeper and babysitter. So he got That's true. double yeah. pay.
3: Cool. And again, they missed out on the whole seance thing. So, you know, there was so much that could have been done with the seance. It
0: kind of felt realer to me. Like, it definitely wasn't as scary as it could have been if they were trying to go for, like, total scare. But it felt like it was... It kind of made it more believable to me, except to how bad the cloth looked visually oh, and, yeah. on camera. Yes. I was waiting for it to take the form of, like...
3: Casper or something
1: <laughs> like I almost thought it was um, gonna do that thing that they do in The Conjuring where the cloth gets sucked away by the wind and then stops mm. by a humanoid figure yeah. yeah,
0: I was like trying to find a face in it mm. like it was like draped over her face or something it
1: looked very like bad Dementor
0: but maybe we don't know what it would have been because she was being stifled by her other ghost husband. Yeah, uh, it would have been Ella because she was in every scene. <laughs>
1: it could have turned into the end of Bagel Juice where they're all happy and living together and she's got her... That's- <laughs> Ghost behind.
3: <laughs> so my second point is that I honestly feel like I need to apologize for the 1980s generation. <laughs> I know that Kelly at the beginning when the 1980 came up like, hey, mom, you're going to enjoy this because this is your day and age. <laughs> and the only thing that I saw that because I was like 12, come on now, was this little kid at the first party. She was wearing like this little dress with a long sleeve shirt underneath it. And my mom used to dress us up in those outfits all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's I l- I literally cringed at some of the things that were coming out of their mouths like when they were at the dinner table and um, George said oh I wonder what, t- what was worse for his parents um, that he died or that he was gay yeah what the fuck that was so bad I but- mean
1: I wouldn't say that that's just 1980s I feel like I've definitely heard someone <laughs> say that in the recent years
0: <laughs> we're not naming any names <laughs> uh, but I was very proud of Catherine. Like it's always like kind of awkward when that does happen, at, like when you're put in that situation of like, wow, that was a really awful thing to say. But she just flat out tells him that, yeah, which I really appreciated. Yeah. She yeah. didn't take that shit, and I thought, go women in my head.
1: I think going well, back into society, I might try to be more like that. Yeah, I've, I've take no shit. Yeah,
3: definitely. And didn't you think? Didn't you find that once she put that ring on? that her whole attitude changed. Oh. Yeah. I did not make that connection. I never saw her, um, like we haven't even discussed her eating disorder, which I mean, is a terrible, terrible thing. But what part did it play in this, in this movie
1: i think it was supposed to be sort of the catalyst for the husband gaslighting her like it was a problem she was dealing with herself but he used it as like everything that you're saying it sounds crazy because you're not eating and mm. and kind of just allowed him to gaslight her more and okay.
0: i know that with eating disorders like it's a, often happens for people who feel like they are out of control like there's no Nothing in their life that they can hold on to and that they have the power over, which totally was happening to her so they can control what they eat.
2: Yeah.
3: But Um, did you notice that when she put the ring on, we never saw her have that problem again? The only mm. other time that she did go to the bathroom and puke was when when she she, was
0: sick, like actually like physically sick because (laughs) she was
3: finding out some things that her husband was trying to keep from her. Yeah. And, and also, um, back in the day, uh, the whole facade of the perfect marriage, mm. where everybody has to put this face on in public,
2: mm-hmm. and then
3: behind the scenes, you know, like, mom has this eating disorder, the kid has night terrors, and dad is just a flat-out psychopath, right? Yeah, yeah
0: <laughs> totally. Holy
3: and cow. And that was how it was. Like, there was an awful lot of things that went on in, like, my own family home, and uh, that we were told not to not to say. Um, out in public because we had to put on this, like I said, this facade,
1: mm-hmm. the
0: American dream,
3: even Perfect um,
1: family, even mayor says like we're from we're from uh, farm stocks, so we don't talk about other people's problems. Like we don't mention other things that have happened, which is very much like uh, don't ask, don't tell kind of mentality,
0: yeah,, mm-hmm. which I thought was very odd because coming here. The like culture shock of living in the city to then living in a really small town is like everybody finds out about everything within two seconds. Yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah. <laughs> People oh, seem
1: yeah. to, its like more gossip. People seem to care a lot more out in the country, but also don't talk about it openly. Mm. Well, we
3: just have nothing better to do, right?
2: Yeah. <laughs> We've exhausted
3: all of ours, so now you could you two come along, and it's like we're just going to pick you apart.
1: Yeah, I kind of miss living within like two feet of someone else's door and having absolutely mm-hmm. no fucking clue who they are or what their life is. <laughs>
0: I feel like going back, like I, seeing this, the house party that they had, I would want to do something like that. Um, and I've, I've never, in the apartments I've lived in, I've never gotten to know the neighbors enough to even like ask them to watch Buddy for a weekend away. I mean, mm. in our
1: old place, we had old gay burr man. <laughs> uh, yes. and... Which I
0: appreciated because we were not allowed pets there and he was a rebel. Yeah, he was a rebel.
1: <laughs> uh, there was also annoying neighbor That I talked to a couple times. Angry downstairs person. Neighbor that I asked to open their door so that we could get our couch in our apartment. (laughs) <laughs> and lady down the, the way that died and gave us a lot of stuff. Yeah, that was cool.
3: Nice I think it was, dead lady.
1: I think it was said couch.
2: <laughs> yeah,
3: it was that couch. Hey, I may only have two neighbors living out in the middle of nowhere, but we actually did have a crazy horse lady before my very nice neighbors moved in. Mm.
2: <laughs>
3: so then my final point is, again, with the potential, um, I felt like it started out, it really started out with like an Amityville vibe, um, you know, like with the... The way they walked in, how she was kind of apprehensive, how he was like, oh, look at what great bones. Blah, it's going to be great.
1: And yeah, the yeah. fact that they're called George and Catherine.
3: <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't clue in on stuff like that because I'm too busy being scared shitless. <laughs> um, so then I also um, it, it also represented a little bit of The Conjuring, Hill House and even like The Shining. But once the ghost woman became like an ally of Catherine's, I was no longer afraid of anything, which was kind of yeah. like a letdown.
0: Oh, that, t- to me, I was surprised that it took that turn and I felt more, it just was like refreshing. It was a nice change, mm. like ghosts that actually help people.
1: Yeah. We also, because it is kind of like. She the was, real
0: horror is her husband. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly.
2: Yeah. That Which was, was it. kind
1: of like a trade-off, but it was sort <laughs> of like her first appearance was scary, maybe because like. It's a ghost. It's scary, but she was just trying to contact the family. Mm-hmm. So, because even the daughter eventually becomes less and less scared. Like, mm-hmm. we start just sitting in bed looking at uh, Ella's ghost, um, and it's only when george does something that's either aggressive or like obviously a facade does ella become scary again like breaking stuff or causing the lights to flicker or yeah. causing the radio to yeah not but turn how many off. times
3: can we be afraid of the lights flickering right? i think we're no
1: longer supposed to be afraid yeah. it's almost like like we even see uh catherine is no longer afraid when the radio is going off so i think us as yeah. a viewer is almost supposed to feel protected when the lights start flickering yes
0: there was, I forget what room she was in, but um, Catherine was like isolated and they were fighting and then he starts to like rush over to her and then the door closed yeah. from the ghost and locked it. I was
2: like, yes!
0: Yeah. Well, that what so about cool. when she
3: was on the scale and Ella broke it? Yeah. That, yeah. She, oh I, yeah, I didn't yeah, even clue it. That hit home I for me because I I used to live for the scale and uh, yeah, it was a love-hate relationship and when, when she dropped that, whatever it was, the t- electric toothbrush, and smash the scale, I was like, yeah. Yeah. That
1: that was was, awesome. That was probably the best part of the movie was like how supportive the ghost was. Yeah, It was
3: so feminist. (laughs) Like I said, go ghost women. (laughs) And the ending, like what the hell was with the ending? (laughs) Oh my God, it got so disappointing. And then it just went right off the rails for me. I'm sorry. I didn't want to say anything last night because you were all like,
1: oh, I'm so glad that (laughs) we watched this movie. It was so It was so good.
3: I needed this movie tonight. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to head inside.
1: I mean, it was, I agree that it was kind of weird near the end when he like sails off into hell. (laughs) But Uh, that was
0: like the picture that he was on the book.
1: No, that wasn't.
0: It's not the same,
1: but it's the same idea. Oh yeah.
3: Like wasn't the cross upside down too and stuff like that in his picture.
1: Movie people, the upside down cross is not evil. That's another. That's another. Uh, I think
0: that we can saint. say it's both. I think it could be. It's both. another saint because yo. we know that de- that the devil also does that.
1: Do we? Yeah. From what?
0: <laughs> from all other pop culture.
1: But the uh, all the pop culture is getting it wrong. The upside down cross is from another saint.
0: But I think it's the idea of taking control of that symbol. Ah, uh, and-
1: Satan's taking it back. Yeah. Yeah, I see.
0: We're going to take a moment to talk about our socials and sponsors.
1: This season of Drinking and Screaming is sponsored by American Nightmare Candle Company. Discount time! Get 10% off your order on their Etsy page with code DRINKANDSCREAM.
0: All caps. Bring the horror into your home with a handmade soy wax candle from American Nightmare Candle Company.
1: The scents are inspired by locations iconic to the horror genre. Places like the Overlook Hotel, Sleepy Hollow, and Elm Street. Each fragrance combination is carefully curated to transport you into the story, and the catalog is ever-evolving.
0: Available for purchase at etsy.com slash nightmarecandleco. We also want to shout out Evil Amy, who sent us some delicious bath bombs. You can relax with your favorite scented bath bomb with a variety of choices to choose from including witch's brew, wolfsbane, vampire ash and more manufactured by Fantasy Soapworks but exclusive to Evil Amy's Terror Shop. Some of them even come in very scary shapes and sizes of faces of horror villains, very creepy. Ah. Get yours, they ship globally at evilamysterrorshop.com and you can use the code EVIL10 one zero for ten percent off your purchase.
1: This season of drinking and screaming would not be possible without the support from Mad Lab Distillery. Unfortunately, we're running out of everything, <laughs> except for the bitters, which I'm—I've never seen a bottle of bitters. End, Go dry, so, yeah. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure that the bottles that he has provided us are just infinite. They suck into the void, and the bitters are coming straight from the old gods. So, other than the staples. At least we've got the the bitters. You can get their awesome stuff at madlabdistilling.com. Get
0: your own set of old god bitters. Yes, <laughs>
1: eldritch horror bitters that make every cocktail taste better.
2: You
0: can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at drink underscore scream, on Facebook at drink and scream, and you can email us at screaming at gmail.com. We uh, take listener submissions for our synopsis. If you want to be featured on the show, shoot us an email. You know what we watch next at the end of the episode.
1: For more information and to buy some merch, go to drinkingandscreaming.com. Let's go back to the episode.
0: Oh, that was good. I was like going to try and be a light ghost, but then I was like, how is that audio? (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) For me, I um, wanted to talk about Justine, Mm. the uh, friend of Catherine who, she works with George. So George, his lies start to unravel. We kind of glossed over them a bit, but he's like totally a psychopath. Like his, he's a failure and he just steals the credit for everybody else's success in his life and lies to get ahead. And like when people find out, he just upends the whole family to move. So he's working with Justine and she she's like catching on to him. So he doesn't want Catherine to hang out with her anymore because she's starting to see through his lies and she's going to like corrupt Catherine or whatever. So the way he deals with this is he tells Catherine that he thinks she's a lesbian trying to drive a wedge between them.
1: Mm. So
0: definitely don't hang out with that lesbian. And I was like... Because that's what they do. I literally said, don't <laughs>
1: threaten me with a good time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> the next line in my thing is, first of all, you get yours, Catherine. Because <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> George sucks balls. Yeah, But I really wanted to address this like homophobia that came up in that moment for me. I think it's really annoying the idea of like everybody who's gay wants to just like jump your bones. Yeah. Like as soon as you find out someone's sexual orientation, you're like, oh my God, like everything about you has changed for me. And we don't even know if she is a lesbian, maybe she's not, she has a husband, she seemed happy. Maybe she's bi, I don't know. Who cares? And that's the thing. The other point is like, why does every female female friendship have to be like, oh, are they lesbians now? <laughs> yeah. Just let people be friends
1: with <laughs> who they want to be friends with until they're actually a couple, and then everyone's like, oh my god, they're such good friends. Are you
0: sisters? <laughs> wow, you
3: guys <laughs> yeah. get along so well. Yeah, you're the you're two re-
0: the two aunts.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Your roommates. Wow, that's nice. <laughs> yeah,
0: totally. And then, okay, everyone's been shitting on this film, but I really
2: enjoyed it. (laughs) I'm never
0: going to be invited on the show again. (laughs) My last point that I wanted to talk about was that this movie was definitely a slow burn for sure but I was still invested from the start. I thought they did a really good job with like setting up the situations, the characters. You really like got to know people. I really enjoyed how Catherine wasn't just like a wife who's in a bad marriage. Mm -hmm. Like she had a whole like well chiseled personality. But uh, it really picked up for me once we started to see the clues about George and his lies because he, he seemed like an asshole, but that's like so prevalent that I'm like whatever. <laughs> oh, he even and-
3: taking credit for his cousin's pictures, oh, his paintings. Oh my God,
0: yeah. there were so many lies that were like so deep rooted. Like that had been in Catherine's knowledge that her husband had painted these for like. What, at Ever. least as long as the kid was born. So, yeah, like seven years.
1: It also explains why in the beginning he was like, yeah, I don't really want to get back into painting. Mm. I see myself as more of a writer because you can't paint, you asshole. Well, do yep. you think
0: he killed his cousin?
1: I've His cousin
0: died.
3: He die died killed other, other people.
1: Yeah. And he had
0: his cousin's boat.
1: Mm. That's right. Yeah.
0: So maybe because he definitely killed the professor that was his friend also because he was going to go to hr but yeah so once like all of that started to trickle out i really felt like amped up my energy was so high i was on the edge of my seat and like each new reveal i was like how can he be this awful oh my gosh which um really filled me with yeah energy i don't know how else to say it like i thought it was really interesting and then the whole twist at the end about the feminist ghost was really cool
1: it's uh, lucky for him that this took place in the 1980s and not any time that anyone could text anyone. <laughs> the moment that the professor's letter was like forged, like that would have come from his email in the yeah in the future. Yeah. So yeah, uh, we it's at least we can find solace in the fact that like in 20 years George would not be able to get mm, 30 years George would not be able to get away with this.
0: Yeah true
1: or it would be a lot harder for him to get away with this but
0: now oh, he's in hell
1: yeah now he's gone straight to hell with his boat
0: <laughs> yeah went away into hell
1: on the lost horizon so
0: weird
3: <laughs> spoiler weird
0: ending
1: but did you know that the two women's spirits were together forever now whoa two, two, the, the two different ghosts together
0: with the ring
3: with
1: the ring did you notice i know but
3: did anybody <laughs> else think it was kind of corny where it was ella and Catherine? As the two final ghosts kind of like... Just standing there. Oh, my God. (laughs) heavenly. I liked it. Did you? I'm sorry. (laughs) No, you're allowed to not like it. It was kind of
0: funny. I think I just liked it because of how... See, that's the comedy part of it.
1: (laughs) It got a bit too, like, religious-y near the end. Like, I, I... We talked about this with, like, The Conjuring, where, like, it is based around religion, but a lot of their, like, presentation in it is less, like, Preachy, I guess. Mm-hmm. And this one kind of like nailed home like how, how religious-y this one is. And I was like, okay, I guess. And then at the end, it was like very um, like angels embracing together to support each other. That just this, this symbology of it was kind of like hokey for me.
0: I feel like... There are so many women that get murdered by their husbands, not to be like a huge downer, but it was like really nice to like have that angle of like them being taken care of afterwards, which was really cool for me. And it's so interesting that like that house had like three women murdered in it. Yeah. One after the
3: other. What happened to Franny? Oh, boy. (laughs) Uh,
1: She either lives with her homophobic grandfather now. Oh, great.
2: Yay. Hope she's straight.
1: I don't know. I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. I agree with you that I really liked that they were like that was basically their success at the end. It was kind of like a revenge movie, um, yeah. And they yeah. they got to live, quote unquote, live happily after that. We even hear that like death is only the beginning. But I think it was the the visual metaphor surrounding that idea that I really didn't like.
0: Yeah, there. I am while I'm defending this film, I will say there was definitely something like off in the presentation of it all but I can't quite put my finger on what exactly it was but it did feel like kind of hokey I guess. Yeah it was
1: kind of amateurish a little bit. But also I liked it. Yeah. It was still a good movie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you liked it. <laughs> Look Kelly I got you a Bible.
1: Oh no this book, Bible says damned on it. Get uh, it
0: away from me.
1: Wait a minute this isn't the Bible this is another book. <laughs> it's time to open the record economica. <laughs>
0: You guys
3: are so cool. (laughs) Static, static, static.
1: Lights, lights, lights.
0: Do you have one? Shall I jump in?
1: Uh, Yeah, because I forgot to fill this one in. Quick, you go. You two go, and I'll (laughs) think of one.
0: (laughs) I am going to recommend What Lies Beneath from 2000, and it features an amazing duo of Harrison Ford and Michelle Pfeiffer. It follows a couple who are haunted by a mysterious presence in their home, but is the ghost wicked or helpful? Very, very similar themes to this one. What Lies Beneath from 2000. Nice. Nice description. I wasn't that descriptive in mine, but
3: <laughs> my recommendation is The Haunting of Hill House, which is, <laughs> is it a Netflix original? Yeah, series. Yeah, it's a Netflix original from 2018, and I just want to say that I did enjoy that one a little bit better than Bly Manor. Okay. Um, nice drink. It's almost gone. Bly <laughs> Manor.
1: But my uh, husband is in blind Manor.
3: I know he one is of, one
1: of my husbands. <laughs> I
3: know. Um, but just because you know that scene where Ella, where um, Catherine walks down the hall, and Ella is just kind of like standing, standing in the yeah. closet. So uh, the haunting of Hill House definitely a lot of those scenes, similar ghosts, totally S- a similar kind of um, even vibe, like um, like the era and the um, presentation and. Yeah, so, I mean, it was definitely better, but that is what I am going to recommend, The Haunting of Hill House 2018,
0: because it was flat out awesome. Uh,
1: My recommendation is I Am the Pretty Thing that Lives in the House from 2016.
0: I thought you might recommend this.
1: It's another, like, isolated woman being haunted by a ghost, and there's a lot of really cool sort of ghost events that go on. And I think it's also, like, a feminist ending, I think. I can't remember.
0: It's been a while. It's
1: been a while. I
0: haven't seen it. Um, it's been a while.
1: There's a cool phone cable scene. That's all I remember. But <laughs> regardless, uh, I am the pretty thing that lives in the house from 2016. It also has a long ass name like this one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's time for. <laughs> Facts. For Whee! those of you just joining <laughs> us for the first time, and for you, Colleen, you get to snuggle up under the blankies with us as we remind ourselves that this was just a movie. We're going to go over some trivia, some fun facts, but I have, first of all, I have very bad news, everybody. Oh. We always start with the budget, and now... Drinking and Screaming will no longer have access to the budgets or the box offices because you need IMDb Pro to get those now. What? And I don't want to pay for that. So <laughs> I looked on Wikipedia. I looked uh, a few other places on the net, but everywhere I couldn't find it. I know that they've at least spent $13 million from a scary fact that I'll tell you in a bit. But I don't have any idea about any of the specifics, and I don't think we will for any future
1: episodes. Oh, no.
0: And also, now that downer's out of the way, I have another downer (laughs) that I couldn't find very many facts (laughs) for this film. Um, Locations were used throughout the region thanks to the talent of location manager Kurt Anger and his crew, which include Mina Joseph. Featured locations in the film were found in Millerton, Red Hook, Tivoli, Kingston, Palinville, and the town of Ulcer in Dutchess and Ulcer counties, New York. Um, So they did try the town itself that the film takes place in is fictional, but it still is in like the boonies of New York. So they did uh, film kind of on location there. Filming took place over a 34 day period during the fall of 2019, right before COVID Mm. in New York's Hudson Valley, where the plot is also set. Forty local crew members were hired, and over five hundred background extras were booked through Hudson nice. Valley Casting, which made me think like I didn't really see a lot of like public in the film.
1: Maybe in the when they went to the Met
0: Library. Oh yeah, mm. the Met.
1: True, 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 true.
0: Um, and that like the school. There were a lot of students passing yeah. by. That's true. Tech City, former IBM HQ in the town of Ulster, was rented for months as the qualified production facility and for administrative office space. Over 4,400 rooms were booked at regional hotels, and the local spend was north of $13 million. So that's why I got that <laughs> from my budget.
2: Partial budget.
0: Um. Yeah. <laughs> and then the last scary fact I have, but I know, listeners, don't worry, we got Colleen to do a hunt about some cars, so... Yeah, yeah. Hold on to that. But the last thing I have is that Catherine finds a sheet of music under the old piano, and it is Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart's Lacrimosa from the Requiem. F. Murray Abraham, who plays Floyd De Beers in this film, won an Academy Award for his role as Antonio Cilieri, the nemesis of Mozart in the film Amadeus, yeah. 1984. So it was like maybe a reference. And then, of course, blink and you'll miss it. There are so many Abneyville horror references <laughs> in this
1: movie. I feel like I could find more just general horror references as well. Like uh, Bram Stoker.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: Yeah. Who is also uh, uh, Rolf from The Office.
0: Yeah. What does he do in the horror space?
1: Bram Stoker? Yeah. He wrote Dracula.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Um, Because
0: you kept referencing it, and I was like, yeah, I'm saving (laughs) it. I know what you're talking about. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, Bram Stoker's Dracula.
1: But the guy who played Bram is Rolf from The Office.
0: Okay, okay,
3: okay. When you
1: hang out with Rolf, you'll literally be rolling on the laughing floor.
3: (laughs) The Office. In preparation for today, because I wanted to be as professional as you two, I did run into a couple of things myself. Mm. Um. Apparently, there the a doll from The Conjuring
0: is oh, in there. It's a- not Annabelle. That's why I didn't include it. But there, someone did reference that there is a spooky doll that could be like a reference to Annabelle mm. in yeah, the daughter's
1: says room. The, the the horse or the doll or something. Yeah. Mm. Or do you mean like actually just in her room? Yeah. yeah. In her room. Mm.
3: And also, um, that dude that they all follow. From the spiritual world, the I don't want to call it a cult because it might be a religion, <laughs> but there was actually some guy who wrote that book, how, of Heaven and Hell. How
1: could we forget his name? They literally said it 500 know, times during that S. movie.
3: <laughs> it starts with an S or something. Uh, Sonnenberg, I don't know. Uh, yeah, but I mean, that book does exist, except the, the middle part of the uh, title isn't there. It's almost like they added that in. Okay. Make
1: it more spirity.
3: And uh, this isn't based on a true story, but there is true events. So somebody in New York, some dude uh, or some guy, probably a dick like George (laughs) um, reported his wife uh, murdered inside his house. He said that he had an alibi for being for teaching at his uh, at college and they found her with the axe actually still stuck in her head and the daughter was um sitting silently in her room. Wow. So he was uh up in up in court until COVID started and then it had to be um it had to stop because of COVID. So he's still awaiting trial. But they found out that he did lie about his um education.
0: Wow his doctorate, oh. yeah. Is this just interesting, like, parallels, or is it that the novel was based on that? Uh, well, what year was the novel? So I'm going to check yeah. that now. All things cease to appear. Google. Oh, that's the name of the novel? Yeah.
1: Interesting.
0: So while you're looking that up, I got some vroom, vroom, Carfax. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and it, yeah. Yeah, only because um, <laughs> I now play this guessing game while we're watching shows. So the one time where I yelled out, that looks like a 1980s Grand Jeep Cherokee. I think I was right, um, but it might have been the, like it was the Wagoneer. And also, um, when George was driving around in his little car, I'm like, man, that that it almost looks like it's across the pond, right? Like we're somewhere in England or whatever. So I made a point of looking up that car because it was really bothering me. Well, the producers were looking for a late 1970s um, a Saab, but an automatic transmission And they were told, there's no way you're going to get those because they are so rare. So they ended up getting in 1979, I'm going to say Puget, P-E-U-G-E-O-T, Puget, Puget, uh, which is uh, the same uh, foreign and quirkiness that they were looking for in the movie.
1: Interesting. I wonder if that's supposed to like make him seem isolated from everybody else or, like, trying to be more sophisticated than he actually is, is that he's got a foreign-looking car, but it's not actually foreign.
0: Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I did find out about the book. It came out in 2016, and it is a work of fiction. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, so maybe this is just coincidence? Funny coincidence, mm, yeah. you know, very similar. Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, wh- you write a novel about husband kills wife. You're, you're you know, shotgunning that uh, likeliness pretty... Pretty wide, mm-hmm. uh, and is that all the? It's a, it's a shame that Gary's a coward and doesn't want to watch
2: <laughs> scary
1: movies because he used to sit next to us and be like, "Oh, that's a Ford F, oh, that's, yeah. a, that's a 1976 Camaro."
3: If you say Chevrolet, I'm jumping up and slapping you, silly boy. <laughs> that's
1: a 2005 yes! Chev.
3: It's a Chevy.
1: Is that all? All the room, room facts you got? That's
3: all the facts. That's all the facts I have.
1: Then on, I will it. hop into my final thoughts. I think I am, much like this drink and much like your description of this movie, I'm kind of conflicted as to whether or not I overall liked this movie. Moment to moment, I really enjoyed it. Uh, There were a lot of really good scenes and the dialogue was really well written, but I think, like, looking at it as a whole, I don't know how much I would want to watch it again. Let's say that it's a solid, like, 6.5 out of 10 movie for me. Yeah, that's That's not too bad.
0: I, uh, actually, yeah, Colleen. Final thoughts? Uh, My final thought would be
3: uh, not to go into this movie with any expectations, or you might, or should I say, you will be disappointed. (laughs) Uh, And don't ever mess with us
0: women, even when we're dead. (laughs) Hell yeah. that kind of goes with mine of like the twist ending sort of seemed a bit out of left field for me the direction that they went with, with the ghosts but they had done a lot to set it up and I really enjoyed the refreshing spin of feminist ghosts taking care of each other
1: Go women, nice ghost yeah. women
2: <laughs>
1: ah, make one. it a
2: t-shirt
1: <laughs> well that's been things heard and seen a movie about th- things that we heard and um, also the things that were seen
0: Next week, we'll be watching the patron-voted film, The Silence of the Lambs, (gasps) from 1991. Candyman was very close.
2: Uh,
0: And remember, always scream responsibly. uh, Bye! Bye! Thank you for listening to Drinking and Screaming.
1: Drinking and Screaming is produced and edited by Charlene Bear.
0: Our sound engineer and logo designer is Kelly Wright.
1: And it's hosted by, yep, you guessed it, Kelly Wright and Charlene Baer.
0: For bonus episodes, Patreon poll voting privileges and exclusive rewards, become a patron at patreon.com slash drink and scream.
1: Want a shout out? Review us on Apple Podcasts and we'll read your review live on the show.
2: For more information, check out our website, drinkingandscreaming.com.